Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. Again, we're broadcasting live from the EVCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. EVCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction. All right, so um, last night, I don't know if you saw any of the game, just I mean, you know, the Cajuns are the women are used to playing kind of ugly basketball, but it was um, it was it was probably the worst of, of the season, or pretty close to it anyway, as far as that goes. And uh, they got eliminated. You know, Gary Connor referred to it in passing. They had not played a good game since that Troy loss that they. Sh- you know, where they got the bad call at the end. And it's like they never overcame it. I mean, I don't know why, but they just – they had, they did not play a good game after that. And so, obviously, all the focus around here goes to the men's bracket and will – the the um, second round of men's play will be tonight. South Alabama at Troy versus Arkansas State, Old Dominion, Texas State, and ULM, Georgia Southern. So – you know, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I did not get to see much of it. I was actually calling and covering the LSU E game in Eunice last night, which was also a disappointing result uh, in a postseason tournament. But I did listen to Jay Walker's call of the second half on the drive home, and uh, I can't imagine it looked too much better than it sounded on the radio. Well, the second half was better than the first half. Yeah, like yeah, you know they went they went one for thirteen, but really they went over. I mean, they made a shot. They couldn't make a layup, but they made a shot from beyond half court at the buzzer at the end of the first half. I mean, you know, that that's your, you're, you're glad when that go, goes in, and you, and you kind of thought it might spark them. They cut it to three on several occasions in the second half, but they every time they cut it to three or four, you know, they they'd give up a three point play or whatever. I, I, uh, you know, it just it just didn't happen. They just. Again, they just down the stretch. There was never never any rhythm to their offense at all. I thought App State played better defense than they did. I, I thought App State did fabulous. I mean, they they missed some easy shots, but they didn't miss as many easy shots as they normally do. I I think you just got to give App State credit. All right, so we'll be talking some about conference basketball. You know, obviously today and tomorrow, and, and kind of monitoring that through the weekend. And who knows. You know, we might still be in Pensacola come Monday. We'll see how that plays out. But this whole, man, it, it, it does it seem like every year something like this happens with the NFL draft where you've got a first-round pick that has some sort of legal trouble? Yesterday, I guess you could say kind of out of left field, the guy that many people – have as the as the the single best player, highest graded, highest rated player in the draft, is now in a legal issue. 
um, you know, on the surface, it seems like he could just get a couple misdemeanor deals and you just I don't I don't know how to judge the fear that teams are gonna have for the future legal issues to stay away from him for a little while. It's a it's a it's a tough situation. It's a tragic situation too, because of course this isn't just an incident where, you know, guy made a bad decision and was arrested and the next day, you know, things you know, there was two people who lost their lives and it doesn't seem like I guess there's some I don't know how much he was related to the incident that actually happened and there's kinda I guess they're working through that. But yeah, it didn't it doesn't seem like he's directly involved. There's no like you know there's no murder charges or, you know, wrongful death charges that we've seen. So as of now, I guess we just go with what we have, which is that he's gonna be charged with two misdemeanors. So on the surface there, I guess you're not gonna see, you know, I don't know if the I don't think you're gonna see like a league suspension. I guess we've also seen in the past, that they're, the NFL is very hesitant to suspend players for stuff that happens before they're actually part of the league, right? We saw that with Joe Mixon's situation. So, yeah, as, as for how it impacts his draft stock, I, you know, it certainly can't help it in any way. I think it, it, it definitely takes a toll. But I guess we kind of have to wait for the situation to play out to really know more and, and, and what teams are going to think of it. I mean, I guess teams have to kind of, as they say, do their due diligence and try to determine whether he's a ticking time bomb or whether this was an aberration, you know. You know, again, I I would think teams are a whole lot better at doing that now than they were 10 years ago or 20 years ago. I don't don't know if that – I guess that process has gotten better of really – communicating with coaches. I guess it depends on how honest and how thorough that investigation is where what the university or program he comes from. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a, it's a tough one too cuz like I said, I mean that the way the article's kind of written, it's you know, his role in the fatal crash is what they're saying, you know, like his role in the fatal Now he wasn't like again, he hasn't been charged with anything. There was no intent or anything like that, but then they're saying alcohol was involved, but I didn't see him get charged with a DUI or anything. So I, I don't know enough about it, and I guess no one does at this point yeah. to see what's going to happen. But you hate to see it. It's a tragic situation, and, you know, it's it's unfortunate for, obviously, everyone involved over there with that, you know, program coming off such a such a high with the national championship to be hit with that tragic story, you know, days after. And, and you feel for everybody involved. I mean, other than let's say the Saints had a top four pick. Other than for those of you who would be wanting Bryce Young or Stroud, other than the quarterback situation, that's the guy the Saints would pick, right? I mean, that's the guy most of us would want. Probably so. Yeah, I mean, from a from a football perspective, he's he checks most of your boxes, right? He's been uh, he's done it for multiple years now. He's been a high level player. He can kind of slide inside, outside. He feels like he can do whatever you need him to do, and. Um, yeah, he would be he would be probably a great link to add to anybody's roster and that's that's the interesting thing. It's it's you know, it's 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 tough to talk about too, especially not knowing all the details and then you you kind of mentioned it seems like something like this happens every year in the draft yeah. whether it's you know the uh video that comes out of the player smoking right before the draft and his stock falls or you know whether it's other previous legal incidences whether it's the you know the Joe Mixon story which I I guess took place uh after the draft I think or um 
or was that before? I don't know. But either way, you, you have a lot of situations like this, and it's always a question of, you know, I think, look, it, it you the player, all they can do is learn from what they've already done, and, and, and most situations, you know, the, the fact of the matter is that someone's going to bring him in as long as he doesn't, you know, get charged with something we haven't heard about and some, you know, other crazy story comes up, he's, he's going to get a chance, and, you know, you hope that maybe he learns from this situation and is able to redeem himself and have a nice career, but... Um, yeah, there's no questions, I don't think, about the player on the field for for certain. Right. All right, so other football, you know, we've been talking about the Derek Carr situation forever, and it's a, what, what amazes me is that you hear, I've heard the difference of opinion. Like you hear, well, his draft stock is going to fall, or his whatever stock, not draft, but his stock is going to fall after – Free agency begins. That makes sense to me. But then you also hear that his stock, I've also heard analysts say they think his stock will rise and that just wait it out. Why Why? Why? Why are you in a hurry? And I'm like, both of these can't be true. And why are people saying, why, why is there a difference of opinion there? To me, his stock will drop after free agency starts. And that's what makes the most sense to me, but I guess I don't, I'm not 100% convinced one way or the other, but that's what makes the most sense to me. I guess it has to do with whether you think that the beginning of free agency will create more urgency or will create less urgency. The idea that it could create more urgency makes sense because we already know that there's no there's no, you know, huge free agent class that's it's not like when March 15th hits everyone goes wow now we get our choice of who we want so it kind of makes sense that you would then feel more pressure to get the top fish you know out of the pond so to speak but you could also I guess look at it as there would be less urgency when free agency starts because now there's a whole pool of guys as of right now Derek Carr is the only fish in the pond so he's the only guy who can sign right now or one of the only guys so I yeah I don't know I I would I would think it would right now the stock would be higher because right now you have an exclusive right right to beca- negotiate. It, the other thing is how long is the Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson situation going to play out? And Daniel Jones and Geno Smith too. I think those two kind of really I think those two might even be a little bit I wouldn't say more important but really interesting to monitor because. That's where you could talk about his stock could could definitely drop if if he become if Daniel Jones now I don't expect it to happen I think the Giants it doesn't make any sense for them not to same with the Seahawks but if for some yeah, reason think, one of those yeah. guys don't return which you're kind of hearing a little bit more buzz about them not returning or maybe it's just about the numbers not being right if one of those guys becomes available now that kind of now Derek Carr is not the clear cut number one option anymore I think the other thing that can really kind of change the value of what Derek Carr is is and maybe the reason he wants to wait it out is maybe a couple like Garoppolo, for instance, if he signs first and kind of resets the market with a really high number, then maybe Carr goes, well, look, I know I'm better than Garoppolo and teams are going to think the same way. So if Garoppolo gets this amount, I know I'm getting more. So maybe he's kind of waiting for a market reset in that aspect. He's waiting for other guys to get overpaid so he can get even more overpaid. But again, we've also kind of talked about it doesn't feel like he's all about the money, right? Because, I mean, he had the... I don't know. He had the, 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 the opportunity to be traded. Now, I guess there was going to be a restructure anyway, but he had the opportunity to be traded with his 
Raider contract attached to him, in, you know, if he would have accepted a trade somewhere, and he told everybody no. So now maybe that was only because the Saints said if if you get traded here, we're we're restructuring no matter what. Maybe that's why it was. But yeah, there's it could go either way, I guess. But I would I would lean more towards the fact that he's either a waiting for a market reset, or b he's just simply waiting to kind of evaluate all his options. All right, one more thing before we get to our first timeout. I saw a. Again, not a report. I saw a comment, and at the time it was interesting, and the more you think about it, it's like, think about how powerful that, that there's a chance that Deshaun Watson's contract would get renegotiated. Like, why would he do that? I was gonna say, from his perspective, like, I mean, why would only... Daddy? I, I mean, I, I I saw it and I'm like, wait a minute, what? Like, what? Like this? It would, you know, the rest of the NFL would just, you know, hold a party for a week. But I don't know. Just try to wrap your mind around that statement for a second. I, I don't. That one would. It would be like the guy who gets like away with gets away with the robbery and the and then and they say we're not coming after you anymore and then he goes all right well I'm turning myself in anyway I want to go to jail. Well, look, look, like yeah, I got away like with the big contract. Say, I think we need I, to reopen this investigation. Yeah, like yeah. I I know I got I a contract I don't deserve, but I want to go ahead and do the right thing and take less money. I don't know. I mean, maybe he would. The only thing I could think of is maybe he wants the team around him to be improved and he's willing to take less if they can kind of improve. His offense or, you know, the defense on the other side, maybe. But, yeah, other than that, certainly doesn't make sense for him to give up the richest quarterback. Yeah, I don't – I don't – that 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 doesn't seem to – I don't know. All right, we'll take a timeout and be back. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome Back to footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. Again, the game hotline, 706-0111. We've been talking, well, we talked to a little Sunbelt Conference, and also we've talked uh, about the quarterback situation and uh, and the draft situation. I um, So lot, lot, lots going on in sports other than, you know, we've got Obviously, lots of college baseball, college softball. Uh, Cajuns are going to uh, the Texas Invitational and playing McNeese uh, and playing Texas. So we've got that um, going on as well. Obviously, we're going to be heading to Pensacola. The Cajuns will be playing Saturday. Uh, Last night, the girls' game or the women's game started about 8 
So it says 738's probably closer to what you would, you know, what you should expect. Uh, I guess it's always possible we could have some quick games, but uh, I think it's probably, it, you know, probably figure on the Cajuns game Saturday starting about 8 o'clock. That's what the women's did last night. And so we'll, um, you know, we'll, it doesn't really matter other than, you know, 8 o'clock because the game will, will get over a little later. So it is what it is. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. The other thing that, again, we're going to be talking a lot about this. So while my antenna really went up when the Saints made the trade with Casper and got a first-round pick. I've been busy with a lot of other things going on here locally in the sports world, which is good because I don't, you know, it's obsessing over the draft. Um, Right now, it's it's probably, it's too premature. Of course, it's really not that far away. I mean, we're into March now, and the draft is in April, so it's almost too much, but it's still next month. Uh, so it's not, and we'll, we'll we'll get into it. And the combine is going on right now, so it's not like it's uh, way way early. But I just, I keep look. I would love to have Bajon Robinson, but I keep hearing people thinking it or that it could happen. And I guess it's possible. I can't believe, even though the Saints have a history of trading up, I just think they would have to trade up to get him. I just... Unless... um, Unless things go... And they sign their running backs, which I don't think they're going to do. Talking about the Cowboys... Boy, I just, you really think the Cowboys would pass on Bashan Robinson? Because obviously Zeke is um, on his way out, and Pollard is injured, and, you know, maybe going with someone else. They might, they might wait him, you know, wait his injury out. I don't know, but even if they do, um, I just I would be shocked if they didn't pick him. Now you might a lot of people believe they really need a wide receiver right now more than they need another running back. But I, you know, you got to have a running. I mean, one of the things I'm getting sick of hearing, and I understand why people say it, and for a lot of teams, I guess it's true. But this idea that oh, it's just it's easy to get a running back. Well, yeah, maybe it is. Saints have been needing one for two years. Still don't have one. Like, two years. Still don't have one. So I don't. The The problem is they do get injured a lot. For instance, I've already heard a report. Javante Williams, first-round pick from the Broncos from the year before, who looked great, got hurt early at the beginning of last season. They're saying he's not going to be ready for the opener. Already they're saying that. And he got hurt early last season. 
So I, and he looked really good his rookie year. I um. So I understand why some people devalue running backs. I mean, after all, all you got to do is wait till the seventh round and pick Isaiah Pacheco, right? That's all you have to do. Just wait till the seventh round and pick Isaiah Pacheco. Runs harder than any running back in the history of the game. Just runs hard all the time. Unbelievable. Isaiah Pacheco. But um, I understand why some people think you devalue, but I just, you, okay, l- let, let's picture, um, you know, the Cowboys, like our, the example I'm giving. And let's say Pollard's still hurt or they don't re-sign him and they decide to ditch on Zeke Elliott because he looks like a washed-up player. Or, at the very least, he's not worth the money that he would want, which, I mean, you know, they really messed up signing him long-term. So, you don't think Dak in that offense needs a really good running game? I mean, their offense was at their best when they could really run the football when they had what everyone thought was the best offensive line in football. So I I still say you need a functional running back. And I understand that, you know, the reigning champion waited till the seventh round but, I mean, they have an elite play caller, the best receiving tight end in the history of the game, and an elite quarterback. Like, how many offenses in the NFL have an elite Hall of Fame play caller, the best receiving tight end in the history of the game, and an elite quarterback all on the same team? The answer probably is there isn't another one. So you could say, well, the Chiefs do it. Well, let, 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 let's let's put the Chiefs in a situation in a little different scenario here. I mean, okay, who are the other elite teams? The Eagles made the Super Bowl. There's actually some talk that the Eagles are gonna try are gonna get Bajan Robinson. I don't blame them. Like, they really, really, really can run the football, and part of that is their quarterback runs for a lot of yards too. But they can really run the football. A lot of that is offensive line-induced, but, man, Bashawn Robinson, again, he can do it all. And that is true. I, You know, there is also the talk out there that the Cowboys are going to get Saquon Barkley. I've heard that thought. But, you know, whether it's Saquon Barkley, now, if they go get Saquon Barkley, I don't think they're going to, in free agency, I don't think they're going to sign a draft by John Robinson. But, man, if I'm the if I'm the Bills, I could seriously consider it. I still think Singletary is better than what, I just don't think they, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not going to say they don't know how to run the football, but I, I just don't think they put the right emphasis on running the football. I think Singletary's a little better than what we think he is. But if I'm them and Bajon Robinson's there, I'd do it. Well, that's why all, all these teams you're talking about are that far in their progression. And when you're, when you're that good and your roster doesn't have any glaring holes, yeah, that's when you can go ahead and spend a luxury pick, you know. And I'm not saying the Saints – shouldn't, you know, take Bijan if he's there because I, I would consider it, but 
I do think there's other holes on this roster that are that are more important. Maybe not more important to like if you just compare what the biggest hole is on the roster, it would be running back potentially without Kamara. But I think there are other options. To but fill what that other hole, hole whereas, is as dramatic? Right. I just think that the, let, let, let's say they signed Derek Carr. We don't know that, but let's just. Hypothetically, they signed Derek Carr at quarterback. The one thing you cannot do if you sign Derek Carr is draft a quarterback. I wouldn't. I I would. Well, not in the first. We're in agreement. I wouldn't. I would not draft him, especially with Derek Carr's fragile ego. The last thing Derek Carr wants to do right now, where he is in his career after what just happened to him, is to is to sign with a team that drafts a quarterback in the first or second round. Yeah, I would. You cannot do that, or you might as well just not sign him. No, and 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 I don't think they're well. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. That think would they, be stupid. Okay, let's hope they don't do that. And if the Saints act like the Saints in this draft, then they will take Bijan Robinson and not a quarterback because that's what the Saints have done forever. They've taken. They've they've had no problem taking running backs early, and they haven't taken quarterbacks early. So right. That's okay, what the so let's would say Derek Carr signs with the Saints. I. I don't know that everyone agrees with me, but I think a fair amount of people do that defense, defensive tackle is probably their number one need. But defensive tackle is not a number one pick in a lot of people's minds, like this glory. So let's say you have Derek Carr and you draft, and we're dreaming here. This is just a dream because I don't think Bajon Robinson's going to be there. But let's say you draft Bajon Robinson and you draft a defensive tackle with your second round pick at 41 and you have Bajan Robinson Derek Carr Wes Chandler at wide receiver Shaheen at wide receiver and theoretically you pick up some hopefully at some point they draft I mean are they sign a um a a veteran possession receiver okay what's your big hole Let's book our tickets to the Super Bowl. Let's go. I mean, w- w- what's your big hole no, at that point? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, yeah, there, there aren't, and we've talked about the good thing about where the Saints are at. Maybe is that safety, maybe, yeah, but their again, their holes aren't at the prize positions, other than maybe safety. And then again, it depends how you feel about the pass rushing unit. I still think, but the thing is that it, the pass rushing situation is not going to be a glaring enough need to take it early, and. Their recent history has been so unsuccessful taking the last couple of guys they did that I would imagine that they're going to shy away from it. Just they have got to stop that. Yeah. Well, they've taken the whole, you know, the athletic freak route, and it worked a couple of times, and most recently it hasn't worked. So a couple of times. So I wonder if they've kind of changed their approach on that or if, or if they would stick with it. Again, we also don't have a great sample size of how Dennis Allen and what his influence on, on these types of drafts is, like how he feels about things. We knew how Sean felt, and I think a lot of that was Sean. Now with a full year of, of DA and now bringing some of his assistants in that have helped, I'm sure, in the evaluation process, I'm interested to see what their draft strategy looks like. It's still Mickey running the show, but you know that should at least change and the other again, voices I don't, in the I don't think Dennis Allen quite yet has the impact that Casper did, but uh, last year's draft doesn't look that bad to me. I mean, I mean, we'll see what Kyle Turley does. But he was injured all year. It's too, you know, now if he's injured again this year, then you start to get worried, like really get worried. But uh, Wes needs to, I'm hoping he's eating rice and gravy right now because he's not strong enough. But the receiver looks good and the cornerback looks really good. 
And he was an unpopular pick, but he looks really good. Um, and so I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not ready to say this past draft. I mean, there was there. I think they they got some some exciting pieces in this last draft, and so. And everybody keeps telling me all these holes that they have, but if they get other than safety, which again, safety is a huge question mark. They played better late, but a huge question mark. But if they get a running back, whether it's first round, second round, third round, that's a functional guy, sign a veteran free agent running back, which doesn't cost hardly any money, and get a defensive tackle, I just don't see where all these big needs are. I just don't. You can upgrade any position, and you need to upgrade where you can. You need depth on the def- on the offensive line, no question about it. I'm, not, I would like more depth on the offensive line, and you need to figure out what you're going to do with Pete. But I think some, I don't know. I just disagree with all this negativity I keep hearing at every turn. We'll take a timeout and be back. This is Footnotes on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Go subscribe to the game's YouTube channel, At The Game Louisiana. That way you can check out the latest original videos and more shenanigans from the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. The game hotline 706-0111. We've been talking. I don't know. Again, I'm trying to push the draft talk away, but um, I keep hearing People keep throwing this Bajon Robinson stuff at me, and I would love to have the guy. Love it. Love it. In 1976, and I don't think this is going to happen, 1976, the Saints picked a running back in the first round, running back in the second round. When Les was, when Les was on Raymond's show, in the eight o'clock hour, he made the comment they might even draft two running backs. Now I don't; I, they, they're not going to do that in the first or second round, but it could maybe you know I don't think they would even like in the third and fourth round. But if they would, I wouldn't be that upset. I've been waiting so long to have a running back. Uh, but no, I don't think he's going to be there. And I think they can solve their running back issues without drafting one in the first round. But if he's there, I'm going to I'm going to be geeked up. I'm just telling you. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kev. Good morning. Howdy. Before my predictions, I got a question. Y'all spent the first 15 minutes talking about a player in the draft that's in trouble, and y'all never mentioned his name. Were y'all talking about Carter? Yeah, Jalen Carter. Yeah, from Georgia. I didn't even. I hadn't even heard the word. Well, if Perfect, you remember though. when they had some deaths involved the Georgia program in, in an automobile accident, apparently he was involved and he turned himself in. And he, uh, you know, they're saying he's he's gonna it's gonna be misdemeanor charges, but we don't know the full extent of it. And you just wonder if it will scare some teams away if they're like, well, 
he's the even with this guy. So, uh, you know, maybe we just wait and not pick corn. He's not even with anybody. He's the best player in this draft. And if he's got a record, then he's perfect for Chicago. Where else are you going to live if you're a criminal and in Chicago? But he'll be, he's far and away the best player in this draft, Kevin. And I think Chicago's going to pick him at number one. But we'll see. Uh, I mean, my other crazy prediction is don't be shocked if Philadelphia takes Robinson with the Saints pick at 10. And as the draft gets closer, Robinson's going to climb the board. And I know there's this stigma you don't take running backs in the first round. They're comparing this cat to Saquon Barkley. I've seen over a dozen boards, and the lowest I've seen him is five. Or the highest I've seen him is five. The lowest I've seen him is seven as far as – the, the the ranking of players in the draft, regardless. Oh, as of far position. as ranking, yeah, but a, a lot of people have him going in the twenties, just because he's a running back. But yeah, I think I think a lot of people think he's a top ten player, no question. And and I and we just mentioned the Eagles. I I, I don't. I, I think it's very possible the Eagles pick. Do you put him in that backfield? And that that's a scary, scary team. And they're going to end up letting Sanders go. The good news for the Saints is. This is actually a really good free agent running back class. So you got veterans, and the kid from Texas A&M could be a good pick in the third round. So there's options there. I agree they're going to address the position they have to, especially with the uncertainty of uh, of Kamara. But, again, we'll see. I think as it gets closer, you're going to see Robinson's stock just continue to rise, as it always does, you know, as you get close. He's got the game film to back the – the you know the the combine numbers so i just think he's a can't miss that running back now whether you get injured you know that's that's any player you can say that but i think he's better than any of the quarterbacks coming out and speaking of quarterback i'm still kind of amazed at how gaga everybody is over car the dude's a mediocre quarterback I, i i'm not saying he's bad but he's he's not he's definitely not a top ten quarterback in the league. He's probably around fourteen, fifteen. Well, yeah, QBR, but that's not that's not really year. mediocre. What's mediocre is guys in the twenties. I mean, again, again, Joey, since he came into the league, if you combine the defenses and special teams that he's played with, it ranks thirty second out of thirty two teams. I, I'm not saying he's bad. I just can't believe how gaga everybody is. Yeah, but over. who is gaga? Supposedly he's got three offers. One of them is for a team that 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 is going to go after Aaron Rodgers, and the other one is a team in the Arnolds who's probably going to draft a quarterback. That just shows you how important the position is. But watch Geno Smith. Geno probably will not sign a contract until after the draft because he's going to wait and see if Seattle drafts a quarterback. And if Seattle drafts a quarterback, don't be surprised if Geno Smith packs his bags and goes elsewhere. There's a lot of intricate, intricate pieces that can fall. Yeah, that can but make if, I, if I'm Geno Smith, on its head. if I'm Geno Smith, and I've had the problem I had my whole career fitting in, and I fit in someone and have a good year, I'm going to leave and, invi- and, get, and volunteer for another transition season? Are you crazy? If somebody if they draft a quarterback, yeah, he's that crazy he's on if he a does one that. To two years but why lead. would they draft a quarterback? 
Why they might Seattle might easily draft a quarterback. No, I don't believe that. Well, again, we'll see. It's it's they're going to be right in the area where the kid from Florida might go, who could be Josh Allen. He could be, you know, uh, um, trying to remember the, the the San Diego quarterback that was a big baby. He's just he's a wild card. This kid's got all the tangibles. He just can't hit a target short, but he's got a cannon for an arm. He can run, and that's right about where. He's projected to go. You know, that number nine pick is the kid from Florida. I, I, again, I, I I think Geno Smith's going to wait to see what Seattle does before he signs anything. And if Seattle drafts a quarterback, all bets are off because you don't – the writing's on the wall. When somebody drafts a quarterback, you got one, maybe two years at most. And I think Geno wants to sign something where he's four or five years and get the decent little paydays. Yeah, so that's yeah. Just my, I, I don't. My I don't. I don't think. I, I don't. I don't think they drafted a quarterback. We'll, 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 we'll see. But no. I hopefully it happens soon because you can start kind of formulating your plan once you know whether you have a quarterback or or don't have one. But we got to take a break. Peace, brother. All right. We'll be back. This is footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You know the routine. Eat, drink, sleep, and sports. All day, every day. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Game hotline 706-0111. 706-0111 if you would like to get on. Uh, you could do it now, certainly in the next segment, the first segment of the next hour. We will have open phone lines there as well. We've been talking about the draft. You know, something we haven't talked about uh, yet because we kind of hit the ground running with the news that happened since we were on the show yesterday with Jalen Carter and then, you know, all the Derek Carr speculation was the Pelicans got a win last night. After, you know, if you, you know, five days ago, I'd have said, you'd have asked me, I'd have said, well, they probably will lose to the Blazers but beat the Magic at home. Well, they lost at home and beat the Blazers. So at least they got one win in that deal. Um, we'll see how that plays out. All right, let's go, or if it can ignite them a little bit, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, am I on there? Yes, sir. How are you? All right. Kevin, that's you? Yes, sir. Okay, I'm just checking, man. Man, it's not hard. Man, it's hard to get on the air these days, though. Yeah. You know, since uh, ever since that stuff started, man, it's been hard to get on the shows. You know. Oh well. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard, man. I've been trying and trying stuff, and I'm like, well, man, are you, it's you, just, you're not happy today? The Lakers you. won. Why are you not happy? I'm happy today, Kevin. Okay. That's why I say. So I'm telling you, I've been trying to call. It's hard to get on the show now, man. I understand. It's hard, man. I don't know. I don't know. The guys just don't want certain people to call. All just right. Don't call. No, call too much. No, 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 no. Go know? ahead. That's what it is. We don't call enough. That's what it is. No, that's not it. Okay. okay. We good. I'm just trying to find out because I told we him all ago. I said we're about to pick on you in a few minutes, but he, you know, uh, I don't think he wanted to hear that. You know. 
He sounds like Lewis a little bit, though, Kevin. Uh, I don't think so. He does. He does on the air a little, a little bit. Okay. I want to tell him. I want to tell him that, but you know, I don't want to make nobody mad. Man. So I'm just, you know, being honest. I say he sounds a little bit like Lewis, you know. But Kevin, Kevin, all jokes off aside, Kevin. You got to get an offensive lineman too, some way in there. You got to slide one some way in, in, in this draft, some kind of way, and get one. You know, because man, we got killed up the middle this year, and nobody talking about linebacker though. I mean, Demario Davis ain't gonna play forever. I know we got Warner, but he's young though. You don't think we need another linebacker, man? I've been well, about I mean, you can always now, draft one, but I mean, it depends. Like if you lose Ellis, maybe, but Ellis had an excellent season last year. I, I think we're way better off at unless they lose Ellis. I think they're better off at linebacker than we think. I hope so. I hope so. But we sure can use a um a lineman though, man. Oh no, I, I I agree. They need to they especially if they decide to ditch on Pete, that then, then, then they need to um to you know, potentially draft a guard. Again, I I don't I don't really believe it, but it wouldn't shock me if they moved Kyle Turley to guard and, and, and drafted another tackle. But, no, I, I think they'll draft a guard at some point. It just may not be in the first or second round. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, with this card, okay, so you're not with drafting a quarterback. I already know that, okay? You're not with drafting like a quarterback in the first round. I mean, but – you wouldn't want to take a chance on a quarterback a little later in the draft no. where we can? No. I want, to get, I, mean, I want to get football players that are going to get on the field and help me win games. But, I, I, Kevin, but hold up, hold up, hold up. That doesn't mean if you draft a quarterback, he's not going to get on the field and help you win games. He's not going to. I mean, we didn't see – I mean, we've seen quarterbacks come in before, and, and, and some rookies and come and help you win games. I'm not saying that that happened. ain't guaranteed. I know that, but – I mean, we can still have a veteran quarterback, whoever it is. Like, like if we don't get Carr, okay, who we got to roll with? Crawfish? I mean, I don't know. It's possible. I hope not. Okay. So, all right. So, if we got to roll with Crawfish, your boy, we got to roll with him. Why not try to get a quarterback, Kevin, and try to develop somebody? We can't stick on that same scenario forever when we don't want to draft a quarterback. Like I said before, man, we shouldn't do it. I mean, all the time I, I agree with that. You don't need to. You know, dump the gun, drive quarterbacks early all the time when you got the chance and all that. Sometimes it's not necessary. But like I said before, you have to take chances sometimes. Sometimes you have to take take chances. If you want if to they be don't, good, if they don't sign, that, if they don't the sign step, Derek though. Carr, if they don't sign Derek Carr, I said for the first time in my life, I'm willing to listen. If they pick, let's say Hooker, I, if they don't draft Carr. But I, I won't be thrilled, but I'm willing to listen and I'll 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 play along, okay? I won't like come totally kicking and screaming. Yeah. But yeah. if they drive car if they sign car, I don't even want to hear about a quarterback. I don't even want to no, hear about that's totally different. Yeah. I'm just saying if not, if not, I mean, you know, we gotta start looking at another quarterback, man, and try to draft someone, someone that got some you and that complete ten or twelve more years, ten, twelve years. Our team, you know, we don't want to just keep with these old guys signing these old guys that've been in the league 10, 12 years or whatever. Hoping we can get something out of them. Hey, when it's time, it's time, man. So it, every now and then, it's time to start fresh and try to build it. You know, so we got to try to find a quarterback some kind of way. If, if we wind up getting stuck with Crawfish, 
I mean, we can try to get a well, quarterback. Well, let, let, let's not. Let, let's let's not. Let's, let's not go there. Really let's see. To me, look, you know, let's but, see what happens with Carr. It's useless to talk about the quarterback position, really, until we see what happens with Carr. Now, if it yeah, doesn't happen, yeah, then we exactly. can revisit. I totally agree with that. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree because we can't hang our heads just on getting him, and if we don't get him at the last minute, what you're stuck with. You're stuck with the same thing you had last year, you know? So, yeah, it's, it's tight right now, man, but we got to start thinking about getting that next guy to, you know, carry on the next, next 10, 12, 15 years or whatever it'll be for the franchise quarterback that we're trying to find. We got to get there. We can't just stay like that forever. Let, no one if they, si- if they sign Carr, we'll be good for a couple a years. You got to take chances sometime to win, man. All right, we got to take a break. The Chiefs we- got lucky. Jumped 17 yes. spots. Look yes. what happened. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So every now and then you got to get Got to take a break. Got to take a break. Thanks. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber. We are broadcasting live from the EFCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. EFCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction. The game hotline, 337-706-0111, We ended up talking a lot more football today than I was expecting. We will be talking some Cajun softball in the next segment with UL softball coach Jerry Glasgow. The Cajuns will be in Austin at the Texas Invitational over the weekend. Any other subject you would like to bring up? And then, obviously, we've got tomorrow. We'll probably be talking more Sunbelt Conference basketball uh, tournament tomorrow because the men play tonight uh, in their second round, the four second-round matchup. So we'll be reacting to that and seeing who the Cajuns play and talk more about that. We're kind of in limbo because we don't even know who the Cajuns are playing yet until tonight's game. So We'll talk more of that tomorrow. For now, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, Kevin. Good morning, sir. Man, listen, I don't like uh, missing uh, Ronnie. You know, and I talk when I call on my phone, the show cuts out. You know, and then Dawson told me I was following Rockefeller. I hate that man. I hate missing Ronnie because he, you know, he's he's the star of the show, star caller of the show. But anyway, okay, Kevin, I want to. I, I, after I hung up yesterday, I heard Dawson asking about Nega Tiger. You know, that, that just means, my little group just means that I'm, I, it just means that I'm the guy that always points out the flaws in the team because we got several people in our, in our group of season ticket holders and tailgaters and not. They just see, you know, all the beauty. They wear purple and gold glasses. So yeah. that's, you know, they it, live in La La Land. Is when we score yeah. 17 runs against, Central Connecticut State, they're going to, what did you see? And, and I mean, that, that I don't even, that, that doesn't even register on my radar. So I agree. To clarify. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the LSU baseball is numero uno, followed closely by all LSU sports. But I want to touch on this Florida quarterback, Kevin. What is wrong with the world? I, people just, these, these QWs. How do you fall in love with people that can't? This guy is, man, he's 
He's a physical freak and does nothing, Devin, nothing well. He runs fast, and he's big and strong. Let me tell you what. Quarterback feels necessary to play the quarterback position. This cat has mastered none I think he's a major, major project. And that's what I'm saying. Like, Rockefeller, you know, you got to take a chance. You got to take a chance. I'm not taking a chance. Well, look. and Listen, I pray that they do. I hope that somebody in NFC drafts him number one. All I care. Because you might as well take your little draft pick and uh, toss it off the bridge. I I, I, (laughs) It escapes me. It escapes me how they fall in love with these people. Uh, I don't. You know, I don't want it. Now, again, if I if I went two and fifteen, and I was drafted in the top four, uh, yeah, I would say pick you know Stroud or oh, yeah, you know yeah, yeah pick, pick Bryce if you want. I got no problem with that. But to sit there and, and uh, I don't know. And pick him. No way, I'd pick no Richardson. Listen, he, he's a. He, he remind, you know, he's not as good, not nearly as polished as a kid from Liberty last year. Uh, was his name Willis? Somebody and that guy, Willis? that guy's not an NFL quarterback. I... Okay, but and listen, this guy is not as polished as he was. That guy was a better quarterback in college than this cat. Okay, so I mean, <laughs> listen, I could be wrong. I don't get paid anything to. But I watch a lot of football players and a lot of football, and I've seen a lot in my life. I mean, I, I would take Hooker over him. Ever be a starting quarterback? But he might be a starting quarterback. He'll never be a successful starting quarterback in the NFL. All right, guys. All right. Thank y'all for the call. Appreciate it. Y'all have a good. Take one. care. You know, a lot of people. I've heard. Well, I say a lot. I've heard people say that he's got the biggest upside, but he's also the biggest project. I'm just not into projects in the first round. I'm just well, not. He's The model there is the Josh Allen model, and I think the reason you didn't hear as many people freak out about Josh Allen when he was coming out because nobody watched him play at Wyoming. Now, people saw Richardson play at Florida, so they saw the deficiencies. Josh Allen was a huge project coming in who was very inefficient in college. and so Yeah, but he played with who, – who did he play with? I mean, he played at Wyoming. He played at an FBS school. It's not like he played in the you know Division Two. But people, Richardson does things that you can't teach athletically and with the arm strength and stuff. So there are and look at listen. Maybe some of it's ego with some of these front offices and their coaching staffs. They think they can fix the inefficiencies, and I'm not saying they can, but I'm not saying they can't. So if somebody spends a draft pick on him, the reason I don't, I'm not going to immediately call it a bad draft pick is because he has things that you can't teach. And, you know, there's certain – you talk about ceilings and floors. His ceiling is through the roof. Now, his floor is very low, too. He could be a guy who never plays in the league. But you, there's certain guys that he has traits that you're never going to get out of, out of most guys in the draft. Will Levis is the same way. Will Levis has some traits, but Will Levis has a ton of issues as a quarterback. Man, Mel Kuyper loves that guy. Yeah, and, I mean, you, you see that every year. There's a couple of guys that, that certain guys like Mel Kuyper who do this for a living and do it well – Certain guys they fall in love with for whatever reason, and and I think Mel Kiper was really big on Josh Allen too, though. So you know, it's it's just it's tough to it's tough to evaluate. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. 
Hey, Kevin Shad. Hey, Kevin, I agree with the last caller. I, I would think this would be the biggest bust in NFL history. If they say upside big arm, yes, yeah, people could throw it 100 yards but can't hit a, 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 a target at all. He even said he even said in his interviews this cat that he is he is his own like he's his, he's in his own mind. If he if he thinks the windows are short and small in the college, wait till he gets to the NFL and everybody's fast in the NFL. Defensive lineman could, could run him down. Yeah, he's big and fast, but when he made the comment that he's in his own head. Uh, that's gotta worry some people, man. But uh, I, I don't see this. I mean, I wouldn't even take him in the third round. I, I don't. Oh see no, I, I, I agree. I agree with y'all. I agree with y'all. But what do you think of Levis? I don't like it either. I think all the quarterbacks are bad. I, I really do. I don't think. That, I mean, I don't think. I mean, maybe besides the Alabama quarterback, but nobody's really proven, man. All these guys to me are. I don't know. If you always they always got to take a quarterback in the top five, top. I mean, top ten picks. I I don't, I don't know. I don't think the quarterback class is good. Well, we we will see. You know me. I'm anti quarterback, but uh, I, I I'm I I get what I would I would no no way I'd pick Richards. I there's just no way I would pick. I I I I do think it's a weak quarterback class, and I'm glad that. It's not a position that the Saints aren't in a position where they have to take one because occasionally, like you know, you get a team like Houston, they pretty much have to take one with where they're at. Um, I like Bryce Young's talent. I have tons of concerns about the size, and I know people want to bring up, they bring up anomalies, and then want to act like that's the re- like one because one guy in the history of the league has done it, and that's Drew Brees. That doesn't mean it's going to start happening. Like, and Russell Wilson is the second option, but he also had some athletic ability and ability to get outside the pocket that's different than. Bryce Young's size worries They're me. The really, guy Stroud is the guy I would take, and yes, I, I wouldn't feel great. I would feel pretty good. I, I I think Stroud's gonna be a good player, but yeah, I don't see any generational can't miss picks in the draft. Well, a lot of people are high on Young's character, and again, like like I try to say when we when people try to say that the Saints should get Baker Mayfield, quarterback is a character leadership position. It is, you know, you know me, I'm no QW, but but there's no arguing that quarterback is a leadership position. And so, uh, again, I don't, there's no way I would take, I wouldn't take him in the fifth round, Richardson. I wouldn't want any part of that, but. Um, oh, I would, I would, t- I mean, look, if, even if he doesn't work out as a quarterback, you, you can put him, you could find a spot for him to play on an NFL roster. If you're talking about the third round, so 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 you think he could be Batman, but but maybe not. If that you drafted type of, him as Batman, yeah. Well, yeah, but that's the thing. Now he wouldn't probably sign up for that. But the other thing is that it's not going to matter anyway because he's going to go in the first round, second round at the lowest. But I'm just saying, I think there comes a point where the amount of talent that the kid has is unbelievable, and I do think, I really think, if Anthony Richardson played at Western Kentucky last season. And people didn't watch him because now because he played in the SEC and people saw him play and you know people in this region saw him play against LSU and saw some things, they're going to pick it apart. Jo- you talk about the accuracy in the windows. Josh Allen was a horribly inaccurate quarterback his first year in the NFL. I agree, but I'm not. He just has banging the drum the for Anthony Richardson. I'm just saying that's what that's why a team's going to take him because he has some things that you can't teach. He has some things that you just have to be born with. And a lot of teams are going to say, we will take that and fix everything else. And they may be able to, and they may not be able to. I would lean towards not being able to, but they're going to try. 
Oh, better than than me. I mean, that's all. I, look, whenever they draft, I would say I'm gonna. That's my. That's gonna be my comment. Better to you than me. I mean, go for it. I mean, go for it. Now again, I understand. Look, there are a lot of people that want the Saints to pick Hooker. There are a lot of people that do. If they don't. I mean, Hooker's the only one I will listen But I'm not even sold on him. I mean, I, I wouldn't do it. I'm just saying I would be – I'll at least won't, like, totally hyperventilate, you know, if they do, if they don't get Carr. Yeah. But if they get Carr and they draft a quarterback anywhere, I'm going to be furious. Well, and the reason they would be able to take Hooker at 29 is because – and, again, there's baggage associated with basically every quarterback in this class except, you know, maybe the top guys. But, again, even Bryce Young, who's kind of like right now the consensus top guy – has concerns with the size. But Hooker, now the, the reason you'd be able to get him is because he's 25 years old and coming off major knee injury. And that's that's concerning to me. And the fact that I think the age thing, you know, you say I guess it doesn't matter a ton because if you get eight years out of him, you're not going to be sitting there yeah. going, I wish we had four more. But there's some things, and look, Tennessee's offense was obviously very kind to him with the amount of receiver talent he had these last couple of years. But intangibly, yeah, and he didn't make a lot of mistakes at all last year, and he was he was great when he played. You just hope he's fully healthy, and then, you know, you hope you have time to develop him if he if he needs extra time. I'm not sure he's ready to play day one anyway. Well, he better if I draft him in the first round. Well, yeah, but that's If what, I don't have a quarterback. That's what, Well, that's, again, why I, I like the model. Any quarterback I draft, even if I took him first overall, I would like to have a bridge guy who can at least play half the season. I, I don't ever want to throw a rookie quarterback in week one. Maybe there's the, you know, the generational of generational talents that can do it, like an Andrew Luck. But like outside of that, even Peyton Manning, his first season was terrible, and they were terrible in it. Now he was able to overcome it, but you also worry about damaging a guy's confidence beyond repair, right? I get all that. I, I just, well, I just want to stay away from that. But again, like going back to Rockefeller's call, it, it, it's almost from a Saints perspective, it's almost futile to talk about. Now, we're not really talking about Richardson from a Saints perspective, I know. But from a Saints perspective, it's futile to talk about it until we know what, what, what Derek Carr happens. And, and if Derek Carr didn't happen, then we're going to have to go down that deep rabbit hole. Man, it's just agonizing. I just... It needs to happen. It needs to happen. We'll take a timeout and be back. Stay tuned. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. A recent survey said that game listeners prefer our station than filing their taxes. Take that, taxes. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. We have with us UL softball coach Jerry Glasgow. How are you, sir? Doing good, Kevin. Well, I know you got another big weekend uh, heading to Austin. Uh, Going to play McNeese and play Texas a couple times. So another, uh, you know, huge weekend and trying to answer some questions uh, in, in different positions, I'm sure. Absolutely. You know, we're still so competitive. We, <laughs> I would have never thought it's a 16th game of the year. I wouldn't have my lineup pretty well locked in, but it's wide open and it's because there's the depth of the team, and it's so equal. Um, you know, a lot of the freshmen have got off to great starts, and, and some of the upperclassmen are still 
you know, kind of coming off some injuries and setbacks and just not stabilized yet. But we're getting we're getting closer, I think, each day. And I think by the end of this weekend, we'll be in a position to really get our our lineup locked down going into the Florida series. And then hopefully we can make a run throughout the rest of the season with a pretty set lineup. It seems like one of the most steady players you've had from day one to now uh, is Carly Heath. And she, um, you know, has been really good, gotten some big hits for you. She had great pitching there uh, this past weekend in a game. So just talk about, you know, the what she's given you. Oh, she just she's having a tremendous uh, final year and she's batted over 400 all year. And not only that, she's batted over 400 with top 25, which is really, you know, not, not very unusual. Usually there's a big drop off when you face those top 25 teams, but she's not doing that. We're just really, really lucky to have her uh, performing like she is. And then she threw a no hitter from the circle last week and, uh, she's just she's just a fantastic kid. She's always smiling, always laughing, always bringing energy, and just a real fun kid to see at practice every day. All right. So, is there? I mean, are you more worried about kind of the defensive side of this coming out of this weekend with some defensive answers, or are you more concerned with trying to come out of this weekend? Okay, like let's try to get a, a lineup a little more stable, or is that not a top priority? I'd like to have it more stable, yes. But we also, I'm also proud that we got some depth. You know, anytime you've got a little depth, that's a good thing. Um, and and we and the, you know you don't have an issue putting your lineup out there if you only got eight or nine players. So that's a good thing when you have some, you know, depth enough that you create uh, competition for positions. And we've got that. And we've got that at some key positions. You know, the middle infield, that's something we've not had a lot of competition for. The catching position is a really competitive uh, position this year. So first base is really competitive. And, we, you know, we had just still trying to find ourselves there at third base. We feel like Maddie Hayden's doing a tremendous job. And then anytime we put Vic over there, she's outstanding in the third as well. So there's a lot of reasons, but it's mostly positive reasons that we're uh, – and then we got Maya Davis back, which gives us a really talented outfield with uh, with the established returners that we have, Dwayne Campbell and, uh, and Kramer and, and then Sam Gray, who's been coming off that knee injury, but seems to be closer and closer to coming back. All right, so we, we've seen what Maya could do and why you were so excited about her defensively, obviously, that people all over the country have made that uh, realization. But w- what do you see as is very early on in her career as her hitter, and, and, and how do you see her progressing there? Yeah, she's fine. She's, she's, she's going to be a really good offensive player. Uh, we know that from the fall. When she hit over 500 against our own pitchers in the fall, it's just a matter of that, you know, she played one game, got hit on the hand, um, and then she missed 10 games, wasn't able to practice at all. It wasn't an injury where she could go ahead and take some batting practice. She didn't do anything for 10 games and then came back and against uh, somebody, Texas in Corpus Christi, maybe went three for three, but then struggled a little bit, you know, against the top 25 LSU, uh, one for six, I think, there. And then um, Ole Miss, I believe she was 0 for two with a walk but scored the winning run. I'm not one bit worried about her offense. It's, uh, it, she adds a different dimension to our offense. 
uh, with the short game and the slapping game. And it is just a matter of getting her enough repetition that she can really settle in. Coach, we all know the kind of you know intensity and player that that Maddie Hayden is, but I've been very impressed with what the what her speed brings to the third base position. I mean, how how much value do you put in that? I mean, I'm watching her make plays from the press box to the right of the of the circle. Uh, it seemed like her speed could be a big benefit there long term. It's huge. Uh, not only is she fast, she's quick. She so she's quick and fast. And then you add in she's very, very smart, very intelligent, and extremely intense. So you've got everything you want right there in a third baseman. You know, she's she's she just made to play the position. It hurts our outfield when we take her out because she's such an outstanding outfielder. But that's just a position we've got to plug that hole at third base. And, and going into the season, that was a priority along with catching and and – She's just doing such a good job there. We're going to keep giving her looks. All right. So it seems to me that if I was you, my biggest, toughest decision right now is Cecilia Vasquez seems more comfortable at, at second and Alexa Langoliers, we've already established like she's fine at se- I mean I mean I mean Vasquez more at short and Alexa is probably more of a second baseman than a shortstop but could play either one but Sissy hasn't really hit yet and so until she gets comfortable at the plate how tough to, of a position is that Yeah you know we just got to let her grow she's a young talented athlete an extremely talented middle infielder. And, the, like, the two plays that she made against UCLA showed the potential that she has over there short defensively. And then that she can make them in those big-time games, which we've watched her whole travel ball career. And, you know, we're just going to have to let her get out there and get her feet wet. We're going to know that along the way there's going to be some learning curve that we got to deal with and, and, and uh, allow to happen in order for her to develop into the player that we think she can become. So that's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to let her play, and we're going to, you know, there's going to be days when mentally she just needs a break, and we'll let her rest for a day or two and build up her desire to get back out there, and then we'll put her right back out. But it's one of the nicest young women that I've ever coached, one of the most polite, one of the most well-spoken, one of the most dedicated athletes I've ever coached. So we're talking about a kid that's got all the intangibles to, to reach her potential, and you know it's it's you're asking a lot when you ask a freshman to come in and play in the kind of games we played so far this season, and actually you know she's responded pretty well. So um, you'll you'll see her back out there this week. I can't wait to see her back over in Texas against Texas players. A bunch of those kids on the Texas team she's played with her whole life, either against them or on the same roster with them. And that's going to be a fun experience, and I think it'll help her be comfortable this weekend. All right, two more things. One is, I, I you know, for a while, it almost be, in all the years I've covered Cajun softball, it almost became a joke that yeah, we start the season talking about having a pitching staff, and it ends up being where you ride one or two arms. But I think you have more of a potential. Like it seems like you have a pitching staff. And I know Megan is is a, clearly emerged as the ace at, to this point, but but it seemed like you have more of a pitching staff than I could ever remember in this program that you could utilize from here on out. Yeah, we're very blessed in the circle. You know, there's there's 
some really young, talented arms that are going to be really good in the next year or two. Um, I feel like Tyler Oob is, is going to be a, a star pitcher for the Cajuns in the future, and she shows that in our practices. We've got to get her more time in the circle, which is hard when you've got the arms that we got ahead of her. But, um, you know, can't leave her out in any discussion about her staff because I'm just so impressed with her in practice setting. And I know that someday she's going to bring that to our program in the circle on game day. But then you've got Chloe Riasetto, who is a really talented freshman. We even thought about, you know, will we be able to get her enough innings that we could just redshirt her this year? But it became obvious in Florida that just wasn't going to be a possibility. We're going to have to use her. She's been a rock star in relief and really give us some stability there in some of those games that get where we kind of spin out of control and have the big innings. And then, uh, and then on top of her, you've got four legit kids that could go out there and start a game at any time. Of course, Kander Lamb has won a, a bunch of games for the Cajuns over her career, thrown shutouts in a regional against LSU. So she, we know what she is, and she's right there. She's as good or better than she's ever been, in my opinion. Uh, we just got great arms in there around her. And Carly Heath threw a no-hitter last week. We saw that. She's throwing 69, 70 miles an hour. And then you've got Landry and Shorman. You know that Landry, a young, uh, really, really talented pitcher that just needs maturity and time in the circle at the college level and in these big games, which we're getting her this year. You know, last year we weren't able to get her as much as we needed, but we've we've already seen good performances from her against LSU, Ole Miss, and uh, UCLA. And so I'm really, really excited about the future of Sam Landry. And then, of course, when you talk about the president here and now, you got Megan Shorman in her in her last year of college ball. You know, just going out there and giving us tremendous performances against SEC and Pac-12 ball clubs. So we're we're blessed. I mean, we really do have a really talented staff this year, and it's taken a long time to get that done. A lot of hours in recruiting, but that's 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 really uh, paying off for us right now. All right, so one more question before we let you go. Texas, um, how is the matchup different than it was, say, a year ago against Texas? Uh, they don't have the big power hitter in Mary Iacopa, a veteran catcher. They're playing a freshman at catcher. Ironically, uh, Vic Valdez and, and her, uh, Reese Atwood, they caught together on Sissy Valdez's team. Uh, Sissy Vasquez's team, they all played together. Reese Atwood caught Sam Landry a couple years ago. I mean, they've all played together in the Texas Hot Shots organization. And so they're they're very talented, but they're young. Uh, Texas is very young this year, much like, uh, you know, we've been the last couple of years. And so, but they're extremely, extremely talented. I mean, they're fast. I was thinking about it yesterday. I thought, you know, on paper, athletically, not maturity-wise, not not uh, experience-wise, but athletically-wise, they match up with Oklahoma tit for tat. And uh, uh, they're, they're, you're going to see an extremely talented uh, ball club on the field. And, and when you put the Cajuns and them out there, you're going to see some of the best young players in the country uh, on the college diamond. I mean, this is going to be a really fun, uh, like a college futures game, I think. All right, Coach, we appreciate your time as always. Thank you very much, and good luck in Texas this weekend. Thank you.
This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station than going to the dentist. Take that, dental hygiene. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnote. Kevin Foot on the game. The game hotline 706-0111. Yes, it is going to be really, we haven't talked a whole lot about it. Uh, we've talked more about this pat reviewing this past weekend with baseball and softball. But baseball is playing Campbell, and I know Campbell is not Texas in softball, but Campbell's really good. Uh, certainly a regional team last year, you know, if they finished in the top 40 or 50 this year, I mean, no one will be surprised. Um, and so a really big test for the Cajun soft, I mean, baseball team this weekend. And again, we talked about it going in that the two teams were a little different and that the Cajuns had a lot of position question marks and they still do and we thought that the question marks for baseball would be on the pitching side and I think they still are but something that coach Glasgow said kind of applies to baseball you know some of their Carson Rockefort might be right on the verge of you know hitting he, he he got a couple of hits over the weekend he got he got two hits at McNeese uh on Tuesday night and drove in a run. But Max Morshock is still, you know, off to a slow start. Julian had an, a really good game or two over the weekend against BYU, and he almost hit a game-tying three-run homer at, at McNeese on, on Tuesday. So I, I don't know that he's that far away from uh, getting a little consistency with the bat. But, you know, I, I still think there's some – Bullpen issues, questions that have to be answered. Um, I'm still not. I'm still not sold that there's anybody in the starting rotation that can go out and do what Schultz did last year. At the end of a, you know what I'm saying, just go out and just pitch tremendous. And again, it's early in the year, so it's probably an unfair issue to even be discussing just yet but you know we'll we'll, we'll see how how that plays out to have a guy just go out and you know like tally did on occasion like schultz i mean schultz had a couple of just really special performances uh late in the stretch and in the conference tournament uh last year i um of course, he was a unique, the way he thinks the game and talks the game and approaches the game, pretty unique, I thought. I, I really enjoyed uh, the conversations I had with him, doing feature story with him last year and stuff, and, and just kind of talking when you interview him. He, he really thinks differently. But 
Um, uh, so I, I still think there's some major question marks uh, in, in, in pitching, and hopefully they can get some of those answers this weekend. Yeah, I think so. I'm surprised Schultz spoke to you. I he, you know, I had a group project with him. Fun fact, back at UL, and he never spoke much to me. <laughs> I tried to get him to talk. He's he's different. Yeah, I mean, he really different. is cool different. guy though. Like, but him. once I got him talking, he really. I mean, he has a lot of. He looks at things very analytically. Yeah. Like, I mean, and that sinker, he when he had it going, I mean, yeah. that's you talk about a heavy ball. I mean, he just was able to just put guys away. Threw it as an out pitch too sometimes, yes. which was kind of so. Impressive. Again, I you know they've had some good performances so far. No question they have. You know, Ray had a great performance. Um, you know, Moody had one really good six inning performance, and so they've had some good performances, but. Uh, Jake Hammond had a really good one, but you know there's still still plenty of questions to, to to answer there. And then on the softball side, again, I don't. I think long term, the best thing would be for Alexa to be the second baseman, but you know, and again, it, certainly not being critical. I mean, to Coach Glasgow's point, um, you know. Freshman, you 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 can't you you can't because a freshman goes through a rough stretch against a top ten schedule or top twenty five schedule the very first few weeks of a freshman year you can't be making any you know so no one is saying she doesn't have a a tremendous future it's just what do you do now um, and it sounds like he's gonna put her back at shortstop and then just kind of see what happens in some of the games at least yeah the. I, th- I think you probably have to play her through it. The only thing that's that makes it difficult is is how well Griffin swung the bat at times. Yes, you feel like you're you know you're gonna have to play Sissy at Griffin's expense probably. Uh, and now Griffin hasn't looked quite ready at second either. For certainly hasn't defensively. So you know you can make the argument, but then I guess at times it's gonna be. What he's what he does what he tends to do will maybe be start sissy. Griffin probably will have a pinch hit at bat at some point, maybe the biggest moment they get a chance to, and then Sissy can re enter with, you know, your There's little so much more rules. flexibility to yeah. your point in softball to where you you know a guy or a girl in this case doesn't have to sit for a whole game other than maybe one pinch hit in the eighth inning kind of thing. You can you know, there's all. I'm not a big fan of all that, but the reality is that it is that. I mean, you can uh, do a lot of more in max action for sure. Um, you know, we I didn't bring it up with Coach Glasgow, so I don't know where he is with this. But what if Jordan Campbell doesn't keep start hitting? She's been okay though. I I mean, she's been. I feel like she's hit some balls hard too that have been bad luck outs. I, I'm not as worried about her as some of as I am some I mean, of the. She freshmen. was the best hitter on the team last year. Yeah, and so I'm I'm certainly not saying you know move on or anything close to that. But if she if she doesn't, I could see a game if she doesn't start hitting with more consistency. I could see a game or two where, you know, maybe you put Carly in right field and. DP Griffin. I'm just saying you have potentially have those options. Yeah, Maya Davis coming back to kind of uh, adds a layer to it. I think she came back a little earlier than at least I was expecting, and she's not 
going to be a mix and match player. She's going to be in center field every 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 night. It looks like. So, yeah, I don't think she liked not playing. Well, yeah, no, it doesn't seem like I that. I think at all, she was like, Coach, I want to play. I'm more interested. You talk about someone who, if they don't start hitting, I'm a little more concerned about Sophie than I am about Campbell because Sophie, I mean, and again, she's another one who swung the bat. She's hit the ball harder than her average will probably say at this point. She, I mean, she was she just missed a walk off grand slam potentially against LSU the other night. So, but she hasn't swung it, you know, particularly well, and and she's kind of interesting of of where she fits into the puzzle with her and Valdez and this catcher third base kind of like merry go round. Now Maddie Hayden's actually played third probably better than both of them. So. Where does that end up? I, I don't really know. like Maddie's range at third base. Yeah. Like, I I didn't know how she would look at third because, I, I mean, I heard, you know, I knew that she played a lot of second base the previous fall, but I didn't see any of it. And so uh, I really like her at third. And, and I, I, I just think that the drop-off personally, I think that the drop-off between Maddie and, like, Falterman and Maddie and Kramer Ushtay is not as big as Hayden, as Hay- as as Maddie at third to whoever else you're going to put at third. So I, if it was just me, and again, he knows way more about his team than I do, I think I would keep Maddie at third unless I just really felt like I was suffering in the outfield defensively. But I think their depth in the outfield is good enough, especially on the defensive side that they'll be fine there. We will see. No, big weekend for both. They could, you know, big RPI weekend in addition to answering questions against quality competition weekend. So we'll take a timeout and be back. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station over watching a mandated webinar at work. Oh, thank you, everyone, for coming to this exciting meeting today to discuss... Take that, productivity in the workplace. This is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. Kevin Foot on the game. We've got just a few minutes left, but uh, time if you would like to get in on the game. Hotline 706-0111. 706-0111. I mentioned in passing, but the Pelicans did get a win. So maybe Nick won't be totally jumping off a bridge when we talk to him tomorrow. Yeah, good win. Good win. Um as I, I mean, I, t- I covered this on RP3. I, it didn't, ch- you know, one game certainly not going to change the way I feel. I'm still more negative than positive overall. But it was nice to go on the road and, um, you know, overcome some early adversity. Didn't wasn't like they, you know, led this one wire to wire. They were trailing for much of it, and then they not only took the lead, but then kind of put a team away for the first time in a while and extended it out and actually didn't make this close by the last couple of minutes. So that was nice to see and. Uh, Brandon Ingram's not going to go for 40 every night, but when he does, you got to win those games, and they did. So we'll see. Still need some more from some of the other role players, but um, Alvarado being out's tough because I thought he was. I was. I was hoping he was going to get more minutes and start to really kind of, you know, play more in that point guard role. Now he's going to be out. Looks like three weeks to a month. So you keep. You don't catch any breaks on the injury front. So we'll maybe see if Kira Lewis plays a little bit more. But I still just think they don't have a true point guard when CJ's running. When 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 you're running your original starting five of. C.J. Herb, 
Um, you know, Valanchunas, well, Zion, if he was there, Ingram, and then sometimes they've thrown Trey Murphy in there. I think they lack a true point guard, and that's why I'm hoping either Alvarado or Kira Lewis can become that eventually. I was watching the fan today, and guess who they're targeting two years down the road for the Knicks? Uh, Zion? Brandon Ingram. I mean, look, the Knicks target every superstar player that ever walks on the earth. But supposedly, again, just listening to him talk, I have no idea or any inclinations or anything, but, like, it – that year, like, he's going to be the only guy. Like, it's not a big list. That's possible. I think that can all change, though. We know that. So, yeah. we'll see. But, I mean, look, if, if if the Pelicans, I don't know. I guess there's no point keep talking about if, if the Pelicans get Zion back and get healthy and all this stuff. But, in theory, if they were able to pick up on what they showed you for part of the season, I wouldn't say they'd be the most attractive free agent destination because the NBA has a lot to do with markets and things like that that draw players in. But, you know, there comes a point where I think you this is still a pretty attractive place for people to play, want to play. And, you know, you talk about a guy who, who might not be built to be in a big media market. I don't know if Brandon Ingram would be the guy who would be, you know, signing up to go to New York and have all that pressure and attention. I'm not sure. Just doesn't seem like that guy, but we'll see. Right. No, just just, just a nice win. So, again, tomorrow we'll talk much more about the Sunbelt Conference basketball tournament. We didn't talk much at all today about it just because, again, the, uh, well, the women with the Cajuns being eliminated tonight, there's the interest goes way down on that side. Uh, And then on the men's side, it'll be things, the picture will be much more clear once we see, will South Alabama beat App? You know, I've been – Talking up South Alabama is a dangerous team since the beginning of the season. Um, and yet, they're still an eight seed playing a nine seed. So, theoretically, if they get beat tonight, it's not going to be the upset of the century. It's an eight-nine game. Yeah, that game's actually in 30 minutes. At 11.30, that's going to be the first game of the day. That's and true. That's, I, I mentioned I have, I've seen App State the least of any team in the conference because you all didn't play them, so I didn't have a whole ton of uh, you know desire to – kind of watch some of their games, so I'll be excited to see them play, and this might be the only game I see them play all year if they lose it, so we'll see. Yes, yeah, so I think uh, if you're if you're a Cajuns fan, you, you know, again, the other side of the bracket, you don't need to worry about too much, but you'd probably root for South Alabama here because you you, you wouldn't mind seeing Southern Miss get uh, get some, you know, some trouble in the early rounds, and it would definitely feel like the Jaguars would be the team that can maybe challenge Southern Miss early on in this tournament. That would be really interesting because, again, you don't see that often, a team that's finished eighth in the league, beat the, the league champion by 35 points the way they did. So that would be that would be interesting. I still would kind of, like I've said, I still would kind of favor Southern Miss in a rematch just because, you know, you know that's not going to play out the way it did the first time again. But it should be fun. This whole day, we got 11.30, 2 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 7.30, four games that are, uh, I think all of them are pretty interesting. You know, you'd expect Troy to handle Arkansas State, and you'd probably expect Georgia Southern to handle Monroe. But, I wouldn't say neither of those teams have a chance, so four should be four good games in the conference today. If you're James Madison, you hope on Arkansas State wins because I, I don't know that. Yeah, and if Arkansas State won this game, you start to, you know, you always think about that team that's on a great run but would be out of gas at some point. If Arkansas State were to win this game today, you'd probably feel like they were out of gas, so that would feel like a, a great matchup. But, you know, I don't know. Troy's a weird one to me too. I, I will. I, I will be interested to see how they play today because they've played, of course, and the Cajuns saw it in the two games they played. They've played really, really poorly at times, and then they've played like one of the better teams in the conference for stretches. So, I, I want to see. Do they handle business and kind of 
beat Arkansas State the way they probably should, or do they struggle and let them hang around? Which you know, Arkansas State, we talked about, they've got some guys who can score, and we yes. saw in the first round they so. can hit the three. Yeah, so. they hit a bunch of them. I mean, I didn't, I don't, rem- I didn't see the final box, but Davis had like three or four threes in the first half uh, in the, in their game on Tuesday against Coastal. So no, we'll 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 know more about. We can talk much more to, about that tomorrow. We will have full day of interviews tomorrow as well. So, but no, we'll be able to review and look forward to the. I mean, you know, we keep talking about how scary. Southern Miss South Alabama matchup is, but Cajuns and Georgia Southern, they, you know, I know they had a hot first half, but they were still up 19 at the half in the Cajun dome, and the Cajuns haven't played that great against them. Yeah, certainly. And then that's the Monroe game with Georgia Southern today. Monroe, similar to Arkansas State, if they get hot and hit a bunch of threes the way they, that's what they did when they won that stretch where they were, yeah. Monroe was like seven and four in conference play. Yes. Because they were making a million threes every game out. So if they get crazy hot today, they could upset Georgia Southern, and that would make for an interesting little rivalry matchup with UL in the second round. That would be a turnaround because, again, they've lost seven in a row. Now, they did lose, like we said, in overtime recently to Troy, but they've lost seven in a row. So I might be assuming that Georgia Southern's going to win, and I could get me in trouble, but I kind of think that's going to happen. We will see. That's it for today's program. Y'all have a nice day.